Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast that explores the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with artists, creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and changemakers. I've been thinking about two practices lately, making and discovering. At first, I thought they were two different ideas, but I've come to understand that they rely upon one another. The chance of being discovered increases as you create, and the more you make, especially something worth finding, the more likely it will be found. So many people I know want the right strategy before putting in the work, but I argue that the best approach is to work. In today's episode of Getting Work to Work, I will explore what it takes to make something worth finding and why discovery is the hidden skill of the 21st century. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co slash 596. Today's monologue starts with a quote shared in Nick Offerman's book about woodworking, Good Clean Fun, Misadventures in Sawdust at Offerman Woodshop. He quotes his hero, Christian Bexford, Productivity is nothing without craftsmanship. Craftsmanship is nothing without productivity. I love the relationship that they're describing here between productivity and craftsmanship, that they rely upon one another. And that is exactly how I feel about making and discovery. Making is nothing without discovery, and discovery is nothing without making. But let me back up. Initially, when I was thinking about this episode, the whole question that popped into my mind was this, what comes first? The chicken or the egg, the content or the marketing, the problem or the solution. And so many people I've noticed want the right strategy that will lead to successful results, but they don't seem to spend time on what they're developing. And by developing a product or service that is worth finding means that you're less worried about who will find it, but instead focused on creating something that is worthy of being found. And I know this flies in the face of conventional internet memes. I mean, the strategists want to tell you that with the right words, landing pages, email sequences, gear, technology, connections, you'll have everything you need to not only find the right people, but you'll make the mad money, the seven figures, the eight figures, the nine figures. But the more I think about this, This is the strategist product. This is the thing that they're developing. And that's not a bad thing because they're making something worth being found. But truly, it is up to you to find yours so that you can then make it, develop it, plan it, refine it, make it better and better, align it with what matters to you, your values and the vision that you have for your life. Because ultimately, you have to take the time and play the long game, even as hard as that is to say. And as you play the long game, it's going to harness your focus. I love making because when I'm immersed in the process, I'm learning, I'm practicing, making mistakes, having to start over, and it's about discovering what my unique spin on something is. And as I do that, I improve. I get better. I learn to make better decisions. I learn to get things out of my head faster. And I also learn that it has to be shipped and shared with the world. 
If you've never done something before, it can be really challenging to know even what the process is. For example, I've been writing a book and I've never written a book before. I've written a lot of things, but never a book. And so I'm learning how the process works. And it's hard. And I think it's safe to say that when we make, especially something we've never made before, we want to know that there's going to be something on the other side of the process, some form of tangible proof that the time and money was worth it, like the book that I'm writing. I want, in many ways, tangible proof that someone's going to buy it. But you know what? There's so many books out there that it's hard to say. And it's that search for tangible proof that's going to keep me stuck and stop me from actually making the book and finishing it. And I think the same happens with most creative people. It is that search for tangible proof that keeps you stuck. When it comes to making, I'm intrigued with the idea that often we follow the successful end of an international phenom as opposed to the scrappy start. Take Metallica, for example. They've been around for 40 years. They sell out stadiums. They're known all around the world. They are the epitome of success. But really, their start was equally fascinating. In many ways, it's more interesting than where they're at today because they broke all the rules. They didn't make music videos until their fourth album. They were known for trading tapes in the earliest days, which, I mean, that's why people were so shocked when they went up against Napster in the 90s. And when you look at the scrappy start of Metallica, it provides a blueprint and a way forward for independence more than trying to you know, take what they're doing now and apply it to your craft. More people seem to idolize the greats as they are at the end of their career, as opposed to those embarrassing yet raw beginnings. Because we as artists are closer to the start. Where will we be 40 years into our career? And the answer to that question is nowhere if you never make anything. One of the things that I've noticed is that the missing component in most advice columns, otherwise known as blogs and inspirational social media posts, is the idea of the soul of the creator. I know, I know, it might sound selfish to focus so much on yourself, but hey, we connect with human beings, not robots. So I would argue focus on creating that connection between who you are, what you have to say, and how you say it. And that's really the journey of making. Every time you make something, you're learning who you are, what you have to say, and how you say it, whether it's the medium of wood or music or podcasts. Because the problem is that if you start making something by identifying the audience first, and you create something to always serve them, Do you only exist to serve the audience at that point? If at any point you decide to diverge from your desires, are you willing to accept that they will leave you? I feel that by overemphasizing the audience, real and potential, you end up creating shallow clickbait content that will ultimately wither on the vine. And you, as the creator, will resent what you are known for. I've been there way too many times in my career. I've people-pleased so many times that it's embarrassing 
And this is often the missing piece that I've noticed in creator surveys as well. I started taking one recently. It was a popular survey from an email marketing company. And I realized that what I ultimately wanted wasn't represented in the survey. It was about growing your audience, getting more money. And for me, those things are nice. Yes, I want those things. But as a creator, I want to dive deeper and deeper into myself. I want to exorcise my demons because by doing that, I'm willing to then listen and be present with others. And unless I do that work, it's always going to be about me. And that is the paradox. The deeper you go into yourself, the deeper you can go with others. And that is the essential work of the creator. The creative soul and spirit is real. Yes, it can be tortured, but it's not. It's neglected. When you tend to your spirit of creativity, it will not only deepen your resolve, but it's going to brighten your day, strengthen your relationships, and focus your ambition. The last thought that I had as I was writing this this podcast monologue was that popular saying, comparison is the thief of joy. As you make, you're going to be tempted to compare yourself to others. And that will steal your joy, but it will also steal your vision for your work, the resilience that you need to constantly make and fail and succeed so that you can grow. All right, that was a long talk about making. But what about discovery? What does discovery mean in this modern world? How do you even allow your work to be discovered? Well, the first thing is don't just share the end result. Share every stage of the evolution, whether it's pretty or not. Don't worry about algorithms or platforms. Don't worry about what will make you the most relevant. Ooh, I need to be on TikTok or I need to be on Instagram or Twitter or whatever popular social media platform is today. Pick the one that provides the least friction for you to work with. There are a million advice columns about the 10 best ways to do whatever you want to do. But really, with minimal friction, you will create, you will share, and you will increase the likelihood that you'll be found. For me, I forgot how much I actually enjoy the web as a medium. I started my career in the late 90s making websites with good old-fashioned HTML and images. This was even before CSS, cascading style sheets. It is the simple nature of self-publication through images, words, and good old-fashioned hyperlinks that provides an amazing opportunity to discover new ideas. But not only that, by providing and following links, it's not to you know be affiliates or anything like that. It's simply to help others discover influences and sources of new inspiration for themselves. I also like the idea of creating my own destination. Again, this flies in the face of conventional wisdom, you know, build on popular platforms. But by creating a domain that isn't dependent upon the shifting tides of interest, venture capital, or, you know, whatever is is being floated as the latest technological greatness, whatever out there, I can maintain my own grasp on longevity and relevance. Because if you're always learning the new platform, are you really growing in your craft? 
When I over-rely upon algorithms and recommendations for discovery, there's also a shallowness to what I'm immersing myself in. That doesn't mean that I don't find new things. It just means that as a human being, I cannot be fully distilled down into keywords, nor can you be distilled down into keywords. I know Facebook wants that to happen so that they can monetize it, but never stop growing into new keywords that describe who you are. That is the beauty of making and discovering. There's no end to what you can be and become. I end this monologue where I started. To make is to discover, and to discover is to make. And while I was initially thinking that discovery was all about external sources of inspiration and allowing other people to discover my work, I think what discovery really comes down to is unearthing those deepest parts of myself and being able to turn them into something useful for me, for others, and hopefully for the world. Because it may not be relevant what you find or even allow you to pay your bills today. But as you make and discover who you are as a creator, as an artist, as a storyteller, it will fill your cup over the course of your entire life. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.